0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another addiction of, uh, addition, addiction of Odyssey House Journals. Boy, that was a Freudian slip right there, wasn't it? Uh, I'm Randall Carlisle, along with Rachel Santizo. You know why I'm so happy today, Rach? Why? Because it's another day sober for me. So
1: I thought that was the best introduction you've done.
0: Yes, <laughs> maybe we should change the name to uh, Odyssey House Journals uh, and an Addiction of Odyssey, whatever. <laughs> but uh, you and I have, uh, we are both in recovery and you and I both have similar birthdays, don't we?
1: We do. Absolutely. How long? Nine years this year, Randall, we're turning nine. <laughs>
0: nine years, I know that's a lot to celebrate. Nine years for me in July, so yeah. what? What? what month?
1: Uh, mine was March. It's actually on Pie Day, 314. I didn't ah. even know it was pie Day until I got sober.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but you enjoyed the pie and beer day at the time, right? <laughs> it's the
1: beer, but now I enjoy the pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what do you, uh, uh, we start out every every uh, show with you talking about your t-shirt. What, uh, what, is, what does it say?
1: So the shirt that I'm wearing today is for, it's about like respect and change, right? Like equality. And I thought it was appropriate to wear it because I I stand for equality on all levels um, and breaking down stigmas and bringing that everybody, we're all human beings, regardless of occupation or past or anything. Like we are human beings at the end of the day. And so I felt it was appropriate to wear for our guests today and stand for that.
0: Boy, you just you portray positive images all the time, don't you? Okay. And, and you know, and speaking of that, I don't know if you saw the news story recently, but the Utah Supreme Court uh, struck a blow in favor of transgender people. Uh, they they ruled that it that you that it's okay if you want to change your birth certificate to whatever sexual identity you have. So, wow. you can change I, your name and, and, and your birth cert- and the, the sex where it, where it marks it on your birth certificate. So, change. There, there you go. That's all right. Hey, I hear you have a great guest today.
1: I do. I am so excited for our guest today. So, this gentleman, um, I see him every Saturday. We work out together, and he is actually a police officer here in Utah, and we have commonality, and, and he is just an all-time incredible man and leader, and so I'm super excited to announce John Beck.
0: Come on down, John. Oh, I can I can tell he works out. Look at the size of the look at the size of the arms and everything. I, I don't think I would want to mess with John.
2: Uh, it, it it keeps me out of trouble sometimes. It definitely yeah. helps for sure. <laughs> uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it's definitely an honor to be here with you. Uh, and 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 be able to talk about uh, you know my path in recovery and and uh, you know my 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 journey here so far, um, which isn't very long here in recovery, but um, i'm re- I'm really excited to be here with you guys.
0: It's I think it I think it's a admirable a, a really admirable for a, a police officer to come forward and talk about recovery because we're all human beings and we all suffer from, uh, you know, some of us more than others, addiction issues, and 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 it's great that that you've come forward. Tell us a little about your your story.
2: So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not easy to come uh you know forward, especially being uh, you know the the personality that I am, and 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 not wanting to you know portray anything negative, and and you know having a lot of uh you know guilt and uh, and and shame in my addiction. But um, I think it's really important to be able to. Um, you know, uh, you know, share my my story in hopes that um, you know anybody else in my profession that might be struggling, um, as well as hopefully maybe give some um, some insight, um, you know, in into in, into my professional and the kind of the people behind the badge. Because um, there's been you know it's it's been a hard year for for everybody in this country, um, you know, both law enforcement and not. And so um, you know, anytime I can try to maybe put a little bit of um, of humanization behind um, the uniform, I'm I'm really happy to do that. Uh, also as well, maybe to, to, to help another person that, that may be struggling. So um, uh, for me, um, uh, I, started, uh, I started my path to recovery a couple years ago. Um, I've, I've been sober now for eight months. I uh, just passed this, uh, this last month. So a uh, pretty short time here in recovery for me. But uh, it started about a year before that uh, was when I initially um, decided to get sober so uh, for me, uh, you know, alcohol was always a way for me to kind of um, decompress and calm down, uh, you know, after a shift. Um, you know, we, we tend to, to really operate on, a, on kind of a, a higher pace um, throughout our shifts. And I've kind of picked uh, different careers within law enforcement that kind of elevate uh, you know, those types of scenarios on a daily basis for me, um, kind of along the lines of SWAT and, and working in narcotics and, and gang work. And, and so, um, it was really just a common thing for me for a really long time to, to, you know, come home. And, and if I didn't have an operation happening that night or something going on is, is I would, I would drink and, um, you and, know, you spend a long enough time doing that.
0: People don't realize what kind of high stress, I mean, if, if they could put themselves in your shoes, you, you talked about SWAT and narcotics and things like that. And that's, I mean, that's got to be, and, and that's like an everyday occurrence for you, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely what, you know, the career path that I chose to get into. And it was something that I really, I really love to do. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you, you spend your career chasing, um, you know, violent people and, um, you know, having to kind of have, um, you know, a certain preparation in your mind every day and, and it can just be exhausting, you know, and, and you do that for for years on end and, and, it you know, it can definitely take a toll on you. But, you know, definitely when you when you start adding, um, you know, as a self-medication, uh, you know, it, it can work really well for a long time and, until it becomes a problem. And that's exactly what happened for me. So it became something that it was just, you know, it, 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 it changed from a habit to an addiction and, um, you know, it, it got to the point for me where either I had to make a choice that, um, you know, I was going to follow that path of an alcoholic and it potentially lose everything that I had, you know, worked so hard for in my life or I was going to choose to get sober and, uh, you know, better myself and, and, and try to be a better husband and father.
0: You know, I, 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 I'm listening to your story and I can relate so much because uh, I was a TV anchor for a long time. And the most important thing we did, and I, and I'm not saying that that anchoring a 10 o'clock newscast is the same as going out on a SWAT call, but it was, a, but it was the same kind of thing where I had to be so up, and 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 you have to be so ready to go with the flow during a newscast, and, and it, it it was mentally exhausting uh, every day. And I did the exact same thing that you described. I'd go home and I'd I'd start drinking, then I'd start drinking more and more and more. And it became a problem uh, in my life, and I waited decades to, to solve it. And I went through four wives, <laughs> so you're you're lucky that you're you're you you caught it early. So how did you, how did you go about uh, recovering?
2: So you know, I, I I definitely knew that I had a problem, and uh, you know, it was really starting to affect um, you know the people close to my life, uh, where. Um, you know, I was choosing to drink and lay that responsibility of everything else on my wife, you know, and it wasn't that, uh, you know, I wasn't there. But, you know, a lot of times I wasn't necessarily there mentally, because I was, you know, I was drinking and I was numbed out. And so, um, you know, once it got to the point where, um, you know, my, my days uh, where I wasn't drinking, and I, you know, I, I never went to work drunk or anything like that. But, you know, it was something that I thought about every day while I was there. And, and looking forward to getting home and being able to have that first drink, um, you know, and I started taking time off from work because I didn't want to go, uh, you know, a day with being sober. Um, so I choose to take a day off from work and, and drink. And, um, you know, I just I, I knew that it was to the point where it was going to negatively impact my marriage. Uh, I definitely wasn't being, you know, the father and the role model, that I wanted to be in my life. And, um, you know, I, I, I truly love what I do. And it was going to get to the point where it was going to affect those things in my life. And I had to make that decision where, um, you know, I, I had to do something. And, you know, I, I initially I just tried to do it myself. And it was a lot of white knuckling it and not talking to anybody. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a stigma, especially with maybe people with my type of personality, you know, type A personality where I don't want to talk to people. And there's nothing wrong with me. And, um, you know, everybody's been through traumatic events and, uh, you know, I, I other people can get through it without doing anything. And so, you know, you, 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 deal with a lot of those things over a career as a cop and, and, you know, they, they tend to really weigh on you. And so I, it just got to the point where I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And, um, you know, it, it took me, um, going to a detox facility and uh, just completely having to remove it from my life altogether, which I didn't know how to do that. And um, whether it was uh, big or small or, you know, month gaps in, in sobriety, I just, I didn't really know how to do that um, without any help. And so, uh, you know, I wasn't successful, you know, I would, I would go, uh, you know, a few months um, uh, without anything, and then I would, I would relapse. And it really got to the point where, uh, and, until I started talking to, um, you know, a therapist and a psychiatrist and, and really understanding, uh, you know, the root causes of addiction and, and how to have all these tools to be successful and recovery that I actually started doing well. And, you know, one of those big things for me was was having a recovery group like FTR that I could go to and uh, just being able to share that um, awesome experience um, uh, that Ian has created over there. And it's just, it's been such an important part of my recovery is that I'm not doing any of this stuff by myself and it's just not possible if I do. So, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I had such amazing support uh, from my family and my wife um, you know, never lost faith in me or, or, you know, faltered in her love for me. And so, you know, that was a big part for me is that, you know, it was just, it was wanting to do it for myself, but, you know, also, um, you know, also for my family. So it's just this understanding that I I couldn't do it by myself. We should,
0: we should probably explain for people who have never heard of FTR, what it stands for. And when you were talking about Ian, who's, well, you can explain it all. And the fact that you and Rachel are, are workout buddies at FTR.
2: Yes, we are. So um, FTR is, it stands for fit to recover. Um, You know, it is, it is a, uh, uh, a gym um, amongst many things, um, but as a place for um, anybody um, in any stage of recovery that can come and uh, and, and and learn how to do uh, difficult things um, uh, by yourself and with a group of people in um, an amazing support system. And so uh, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if words can really express everything that FTR does and what Ian and, and Rachel and everybody has created there. Um, but it, it is an amazing community for people in recovery and it's an asset for for hundreds and hundreds of people here.
1: Yeah I think the the greatest part um, is profession side like when you come in when we're all in a circle together and we have people that that uh, could be running from the law like right like we're so used to that like we're scared of it. but when you go in on Saturday morning, all you do is hug. John is hugging everyone and supporting everyone. Like we are all there regardless. Like we have this commonality and we get to come together because we all have the guilt, the shame, everything that John's explaining. And it doesn't matter if you're behind a badge or what outfit you're wearing or any uniform, like we're all just human beings. And that's the most magical part of the room to that.
2: It really is. And you know, there's, you know, you, you talk about, you know, most of the people there being on the other side of the law. And, you know, I've never felt a, a day of judgment as far as what I do for an occupation. Um, and I really hope that, that everybody else there feels that there's not a judgment for me, um, you know, for being on the other side of that profession. And, you know, I, I I've, you know, I, 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 addiction is addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs. And, you know, I don't, I don't have that experience being on that side of, of drugs, but, you know, addiction is addiction, you know, and, and, and what it does uh, to your life and, um, the things you go through you know it doesn't matter uh, you know uh, where you come from or what you've done it's you know you you're all in that in that same program together
0: um, you know and, and i
2: i think if, you
0: it's know, a, it's if a, if a we humbling just... ex- it's a humbling experience i think for all of us when we when we Absolutely. finally come to terms with it i'm curious because i was so unsuccessful with wives uh, how your wife responded uh, to sobriety and how important was it? You mentioned that she had, you know, enduring love throughout the whole fiasco or the whole struggle that you went through. How how did she respond and how important was that?
2: You know, she, she supported me at everything I've done in my life. Um, uh, we've been together for 14 years. Um, we've been married for, uh, it'll be 11 years this year. And so, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, it started with her just having support in me before I even chose to become an officer because we were married. Um, and I was working a completely different profession, um, when I decided to get into law enforcement and she always stood by me and, and stood by my decisions to, to get into the type of work that I did. And, you know, it, it never really changed, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I was doing stuff that, um, you know, that wasn't healthy for me. Uh, It didn't matter how much I worked out every day, you know, or tried to keep myself physically fit if I was doing stuff to destroy myself every day. Um, but it would affect everything else in my life, you know? And so, um, I think that she just knew that, you know, even though I was, I was stuck in, you know, a a dark place that she was willing to support me. And I, you know, honestly, like, I, I don't know how she, she just did it for me all the time. Um, you know, I just, I I would like to think that I could be that same person um, for her, but she's so much stronger than I am. And, um, you know, she was just, you know, just having that support there through this process, um, knowing that I could go and uh, seek treatment and that she was right there with me. This whole process was amazing. So, um, you know, she as a person has been as much of a success in my recovery as, as, as anybody. And so like, when you say, I don't know how she did it, I don't know. Um, she just has that, that type of personality and, and, um, that she was just willing to do anything to make sure that, you know, we succeeded as a family and, um, you know, she's been my number one fan, um, you know, her, my mom, uh, you know, but, uh, definitely my number one fan through this whole process. And, you know, there's not a, a week that goes by that she isn't, you know, tell me, um, you know, how proud she is of me, of, of where I've come in the last year or so. Um, I don't know how she does it. Like I can't, you know, I can't explain her, her superhuman abilities at this point, but um, you know, it's just, just having that support um, has been uh, such a huge, um, you know, part of my life and I don't think I could have done it without her. So, uh, you know, I I know there's a lot of people that go through this process and they don't have those support systems because um, maybe there was just too many bridges that got burned in that process. And uh, um, I don't know how a lot of these people do it and stay so successful because they do it I mean really by themselves outside of you know the group support that they get but very very fortunate to um, you know still have a loving family um, still have a profession that I love going to work every day and doing and uh, being able to work with people and and then be in this amazing you know recovery community as well
1: yeah she definitely is an empowering beautiful woman that gives the best hugs so yeah, shout out is. for that um, yes yeah, she does honey How does like recovery um, kind of like transform over into your profession? Is it easy, you know, when you see somebody that's strong or you see somebody that's high, do you feel like you deal or handle it differently because you have an understanding now?
2: You know, I've always been, uh, you know, a very fair person when it comes to the way that I police. And, um, you know, I I don't, I I, definitely like the understanding of, of addiction has made a big difference in in um you know my response to to how I deal with that kind of stuff. But um, you know, I don't think it ever changed the fact that I just try to treat every person as a human being as well, you know, and, and understand no matter what they're going through that there's still, you know, there there's you know matter what's happened or what's going on, that they're you know, there's still a person in there, you know, past all the actions and and the substance that um that you can try to connect to. And so, you know, if you just if you keep, you know, if, if if you keep that stuff in mind and, and, you know, you, you try to treat every situation that way, I, I think that it, it helps, but I mean, obviously, um, you know, being around the recovery group and, and getting to know, you know, people behind the addiction, um, has definitely helped me, um, understand all those things that, you know, that those people may be going through. So, um, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I, I have to, I have to do things, you know, that, that, um you know, that are part of my job, like taking action and making arrests and that kind of stuff, but it doesn't mean that you have to be awful to people. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can't treat them the same way that you would want to be treated, so.
0: How do you, uh, it, it's no secret that, that, that people who have been busted for drugs in the past do not have a positive image of law officers. Uh, have, you, have you run into, like when you go to a place like FTR, I'm, I'm sure they, they know what your profession is. Do you, do you, do you yeah. get any kind of negative feedback from them because they've thought, you know, cops are bad people because they've always been throwing me in jail and causing trouble for me?
2: Yeah, um, you know, honestly, it was, it was a huge concern for me um, to do anything like that um, just because of, you know, me wanting to feel safe and always putting myself in, in, a, in a situation where I have control. And so, you know, initially in my recovery, like knowing about FTR. Um, and thinking, hey, that sounds really cool, but I'm not going to go do that because it, you know, it scares me to not know what it's going to be like there. And you know, maybe there's people there that may have, um, you know, a negative, you know, belief or or experience with law enforcement. But and they may have those thoughts when you know they see a, a you know, a, a, an officer there, whether they know or not, but or they know someone's there that is. I think that they spend the hour there um, and. And, and see how, you know, uh, I guess I am and, and, and how everybody else there, I guess, um, interacts with everybody that just kind of goes away. So I, I, it just took that leap of faith for me to do that. And I think it really takes that leap of faith for them to do the same thing where um, they just have to put those, those thoughts aside and then just, and just do it and, and hope for the best. And, and, it, and it, it just works, you know? And so, I, I, you know, I, I was so scared myself um, to be there and not know, um, you know, are these guys going to want to beat me up. Like what's going on here. They're just going to hate me. Are they going to hate my guts being there? Like, I don't want to be in a group, uh, a room full of people trying to work out that I'll hate me, but gosh, it was never that way. You know, Rachel just, you know, she reached out to me the first day there. Ian reached out to me my first day there. They just like, God, we're so happy you're here. You know, I was, I, I was really open about what I did as a profession and, and where I was at in my recovery. And I, you know, the rest was just, it was just history, you know? And so, um, it didn't matter at that point because we were all just people there, Um, you know, and so I I guess that experience with FTR and and trying to be vulnerable and not knowing what's going on, has really uh, put me in a position where, um, you know, I can help other people in my profession try to seek help, and I've been able to do that since then, and that's probably been the most rewarding experience is, is to try to say, hey, if I can do this and you know, I could admit that, you know, I had an issue and there was a lot of other stuff going on in my life with PTSD and everything. And and I can get to a place where like, I'm happy and I'm growing and I'm progressing and you can do the same thing.
0: Are there other officers who have to deal with addiction? I would presume there are.
2: Tons. I mean, I I can't even tell you how um, common of a thing it is for officers to do exactly what I did every day. And, um, because it works, you know, it works for so many people that they're able to go home and they're able to turn off that, that, you know, hyper awareness and being able to relax by putting a substance in your body. Um, that it's just, it's, it's a huge, um, it's a huge problem, you know, in in our community because of what we do. And, uh, you know, I, and, and especially when you compound that stuff, like, um, you know, with, with addiction, with, you know, post-traumatic stress, um, it's just, it's just a nasty combination. And so, um, I think that it's, you know, like me, it's, it's really hard to talk about it and it's really hard to admit you have a problem and nobody wants to say anything because they're concerned it's going to affect their career and they're not going to be put in positions where, you know, they're doing that stuff on a daily basis. Cause there's that lack of trust, but you know, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, but yes, it's, it's a huge, um, uh, issue, uh, all over the country. I'm sure all over the world, but definitely here uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge issue. And so, um, I'm lucky that I work for an department that is, that is really proactive in understanding that this is, you know, mental health and, and substance abuse is a very big reality in law enforcement. And they're just willing to support and offer as much support and help as they can, um, you know, and, and have, you know, people that that's all they do is, is, is just work that kind of stuff in the department and get people the the help they need is, is pretty incredible. So, um, just to be a tool in that little that little belt that they have there, and 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 be able to to go there and 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 try to relay my experience and help other people has been amazing. So, but yes, it's it's a huge problem.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad that you have taken that step, and I'm glad that you show up um, every Saturday. And I I value and I honor you as the man you are, and the husband and father and also what you do in our community. Like you're painting a different light, a light that's necessary and needed. And so I really appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you came on the show.
0: It, uh, it, it must, this, this past year, uh, you mentioned it at the beginning has been so stressful in, in terms of a lot of the major news stories that have occurred all around the country. Uh, and, and I can understand more than most people, how you want to numb yourself at night when things like this go on. And, and, and we had some incidents, you know, in Utah as well. Uh, so if you don't go home and numb yourself with alcohol, how do you deal with the stress that you're dealing with?
2: You know, that's that it, it's just learning, you know? And so I, it was really hard for me for the first little while because that was what I had done for so long and it worked for me for so long that that's just gone all of a sudden and it really increased my anxiety, not knowing what to do. Um, but you know, it's just something you have to learn over time and you know, there's not an easy fix to it. There's not a magical pill, uh, that fixes all these things, but you know, you just start working these things, um, that work for you, like, um, you know, coming home and and spending time with your family and, and, uh, you know, working on mindfulness exercises for me, the biggest thing has always been exercise, And, um, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, what kind of state of mind I'm in. Um, you know, even when I was in my addiction, if I can go and get a really good workout that there's nothing that compares to that, that stress relief and that ability to kind of decompress after a good workout that I'd always get. And so, Um, but you can't go home at at one in the morning and, and, you know, and and do a two hour, I guess you could, I don't know how healthy that would be every day, but, um, you know, it just, it just took learning, you know, and, and, um, putting all these things in place, um, you know, that I'd like to say that I go home and meditate and do all these things that, you know, people talk about, but it just doesn't work for me. I I can't, I can't sit with myself for that long and, and feel okay, but I can just sit and, and try to relax and maybe watch TV and, listen to music and, and hang out with my family. And so um, you know, there's I just replace those those bad addiction things with things that are positive in my life. And over time, um, that becomes um, you know, my routine and and it's worked for me. So, but I have to surround myself with people that um that that are on that same path. Um otherwise I'm not gonna be successful if I had to try to do it by myself.
0: I've got to tell you, I admire you for being in the position you're in and being willing to come on a podcast that's all about addiction and recovery and talk about your profession as well as your addiction and how you're solving it, because you you don't see that very often. Did it take some courage to even agree to do this? Or did Rachel Rachel persuade you? (laughs)
2: Well, I, I could I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her, but you know she's been she's been such a you know a huge asset for me in my recovery that you know anything that I could try to do to to return the favor and um, you know, even if it changes the opinion of one person by me you know being able to come on here and speak, then that's I've, I've done my job. you know as, as much hate and misunderstanding as there is on both sides of my profession from from the profession and the people that are protesting us and, and hating us. Um, you know, I just, I, as much as I can try to do to spread, um, you know, understanding and compassion and, 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 um, you know, facts, um, of, of what's actually happening Then you know, the, the better we're going to be at tomorrow. So, yeah, it's not easy to be here. Um, you know, I'm scared of who might, you know, log on here and look at this and be like, holy crap. Yeah, that's, there he is, you know, but, uh, um, you know, I, I don't, I just, I know that I'll be in a better place and, um. You know in five minutes from doing this and i would have if i just sat here at my house this morning and and not done anything so um i i really appreciate the opportunity to be here and and just talk to you guys and 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 uh you know i guess spread my message uh whatever that is at this point okay.
1: my hero like yeah. you are incredible
0: no, through. Thank and, you. And, and the bottom line that I I wish people would realize when all this controversy swirls that's swirling right now is that we're all human beings. Cops are human beings. The protesters are human beings. No matter where you stand on the whole issue, we're all human beings and we all have human problems and addiction is a human problem. And it doesn't matter. You could be the I'm not saying the president of the United States, but you could be the president and have an addiction issue, all the way down to maybe the people at the homeless encampments that you guys run into. Uh, but but we're all just human beings, you know. That's important to remember. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: John, absolutely, nothing will be, nothing's going to get fixed overnight in what we do, but we just got to keep, you know, trying to move forward in a positive direction every day, and and we'll get there eventually.
0: You, you have, you've been a wonderful spokesperson for law enforcement and humanity and recovery, which is what this podcast is all about. So thank you very much for, for being here, Rachel, any final word? Oh, thank
1: you. Like I have been waiting for this to happen. It's so important that we do just spread love and humanity and we do it together. So I'm so honored to be here with both of you.
0: Well, you guys have fun on Saturday. Okay. We will. Rachel, you morning. Thank, thank you, John. Thank you, Rachel. Thank and you. thank you for watching Odyssey House Journals.